All human thought is science. All religion is the holding of a candle to the holiest father's Are we here because we gaze at the stars? Or do we gaze at the most possible pointless way? When the stars were right, they could plunge the world to world to the sky. When the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you are playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsarewrite.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today we'll be playing session 30 of The Children of Fear, written by Lynn Hardy and Friends and published by Chaosium. Who are you all playing and how are you today? How? I am... I don't know, man. I don't know. Brayden. Hey, Brayden. Playing Frederick Kingsley Ward. (laughs) And he is pretty sure that he should have stayed on his own in the jungles of Tibet. (laughs) Noxicals. I am playing Timur Stepanovich Rapin, and I am questioning every decision I have ever made. And Lydia? Hi, I'm playing Hasina Moiz, and I have regrets. And I am Fedra, your keeper for the day. And I really think you guys dropped the instant. <laughs> <laughs> she can't do it, she can't even make it through her own pun, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it's come to. I really think you guys dropped the indestructible. Drop. Oh, oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> my favourite thing about oh. you not being able to get that pun out. <laughs> that was can't. not worth the wait. <laughs> I couldn't even... Built like, it up too much. What was even the punch? Like, I thought you were like, drop the ball. The indestructible. Oh, that's, that would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> God oh, damn it. Anyway, <laughs> Brayden, tell us what happened last time. After easing fears and clarifying the steps of the ritual, Tenzin hands them each a pill containing several nectars of significance, which, when combined with tea and thorn apple, will induce a state of hallucination. The party consumes the vision-inducing brew, but Hesina resists the effects and remains completely clear-headed. The ritual begins with the party visualising the steps that Tenzin guides them through, as indicated in the ritual scroll. With her mind unclouded by the drugs, Asina can see that things aren't quite going to plan, as the investigators begin acting out the ritual steps instead of solely imagining them. With a ritual knife, Eudora and Frederick disembowel Tenzin and begin lashing his arms and legs together with his own intestines. In a pained voice, and still under the effects of the toxic brew, Tenzin demands that Hasina be the one to remove his head from his body. Hasina, seeing the pain on Tenzin's face, and knowing this act will be required if they are to save the world, moves forward to complete her grisly step of the ritual. 
As Tenzin's decapitated head hits the ground, a bead of glowing energy rises from his blood-spurting neck. The ravenous spirits who wait across the lake descend upon the body, seeking to ritually feast upon his corpse. But his body is yet to be separated amongst the ritual bowls, a step that Eudora points out as not having been fulfilled yet. She swats the spirits away with a staff and demand that they wait, and they do so. For now. Tenzin is chopped up and split amongst the ritual bowls, and a great feast occurs, with Timur joining in the consumption. Frederick tries to satiate his cannibalistic desires as well, but is halted by Eudora. The bead that rose from Tenzin turns into a glowing key, and then explodes in a plume of shifting energy and light that rips a hole in the fabric of reality. The spirits watch on and cackle maniacally. They've all been deceived. The gates of Agatha have been opened. The party have been working towards the end of the world the entire time. Within the tear sits two swirling cosmic orbs in a void. The orbs battling each other for dominance over the space. And the investigators are soon sucked and thrust through the void. Hurtling through time and space itself. So, everyone's on a bout of madness. Everyone's indefinitely insane. Shall we roll some dice to see what corruptions occur? <laughs> yes, please. One at a time. What a way to start an episode. <laughs> Cue up, everyone. Oh, if you're just joining us now, listeners, go back to the beginning. <laughs> this is not a You've good time a to join this campaign. To catch up on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Terrible time. Who wants to go first? Uh, I was already in a bout. I wouldn't mind renewing it. Roll me 2d10, please. That is the number of the beast. That's two sixes. Fitting. No joke. One, they landed near a d8, which is also showing a six. Oh, so. Six, six, six. Yeah. Wow. Fitting. Who are your significant people at the moment? Um, Charles. Obviously, my lovely husband, uh, and the rest of the party, I think. My, uh, you know, lovely traveling companions and Shen Chu. I don't know that I bonded too much with Frederick yet. He's probably, <laughs> he's probably safe. I reckon you can add Tenzin to your significant people. Yeah. And be forever burdened with guilt and grief for everything you've done. That seems fair, considering my enthusiasm <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Alright, that's that's gonna be a lot. You're gonna be overcome with grief for the next six hours or so. Alright, that is decidedly less fun. <laughs> and you can add him to your character sheet. Will do. Next! <laughs> do we want to do Shen Chi? Let's do her. Okay. Oh, Shen Chi. 2D10. Yeah. She drawed a six and a four. Oh no. Shen Chi joined you all for a better life but now that everything has happened she feels like you all betrayed her and led her down no. to the wrong path shouldn't you know you were supposed to protect her and she trusted you with everything she had but now you made her complicit to not only murder and decapitations and terrible rituals you made her complicit to the end of the world. She wonders whether her life was actually better before meeting you. 
Oh. Oh no. Poor Shenchu. She will be really. She's gonna be giving you the silent treatment for the next four hours. That's fair, I think. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Who wants to be destroyed next? <laughs> so we we are all automatically in about. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. I'm fine. Okay. You're good. Well, actually, probably not so good. Good. Uh, Do your best, keeper. Frederick, roll me your dice. Okay, two d ten coming up. I rolled a two and a five. Well, that's definitely not applicable. Fine. Maybe. <laughs> Robbed. But like you're in a vortex. <laughs> <laughs> My plant. <laughs> My seed collection. No. <laughs> the spirit stole it. God damn it. Well, she was a pickpocket, and now she hates everybody. She could take it's all your stuff. <laughs> what is your treasured possession, Frederick? Oh well, of course that would be. Uh, my uh, where is that? My ukulele, which was given to me by my wife. <laughs> you are joking! You've had a ukulele this whole time. Somebody married you. I am married. You could have been playing along with the ritual. I could have. <laughs> Did were you carrying the ukulele at the time? Oh, it's in my very large backpack. Yes. Your backpack unstrapped while you were passing through the portal. And disappeared into the abyss. God <laughs> damn it! That's not fair. God damn it! The rest it. of us are burdened with the terrible murders we've committed, and this guy's just like, ah, oh, my ukulele. <laughs> How inconvenient! To be fair, he doesn't care about anyone. And now we don't happen to listen to his ukulele every night. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's his connection to his past, you know. Away goes my ukulele. Frederick, you she has no treasured you. possession. <laughs> Following Sophian's <laughs> continued camera loss, he's gonna continually lose his ukulele <laughs> and get a new one. <laughs> I, I feel that should be a new thing. It's like instead of losing your marbles, losing your ukulele. Um, also, Frederick, uh, what was your second roll? Five. For the next five hours, you're going to be hearing ukulele songs oh, in, your, no. in your head and feel like you can't get them out until you play them. But you cannot, for you have lost your ukulele. <laughs> I've only got ten points in ukulele too, so it's probably like really bad ukulele <laughs> music. Oh. <laughs> the rest of us are just so glad to see it drifting away into the abyss. I feel like every night around the campfire you've been subjecting us to ukulele. <laughs> sing-alongs. Yeah, the backstory is he's trying to write a song for his wife on his trip, but he's been having difficulty <laughs> taking time away from studying. So you've all been hearing horrible love songs written by someone who really doesn't care. <laughs> this is a song uh, about the classification of plants. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Taxonomy Blues. <laughs> do, 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 do. Tim, are you ready for another yeah. phobia and mania? Do you have it now? Tim carrying three at the moment okay um that's a one and a five okay fair enough uh timor's suffering with amnesia for the next five hours nice so he doesn't mind that sentry is given the okay. silent treatment <laughs> who the hell are you child yeah at, at the point you you realized what had happened and you entered the abyss you've forgotten everything since 
your journey began. As far as you're concerned, you went straight from that lecture in Peking, or before that even, to here. Nothing else has happened. <laughs> this is the worst lecture I've ever been to. It. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't my janitor's closet. It has to be the end of the world. <laughs> um, and that, that's all I believe. I, I distributed the madnesses. There oh, we go. Man. Okay, so you finally exit the vortex. I'm going to describe different things for each of you. This description is for Timur and Eudora. At the center of a circular bowl of land, bounded by glittering diamond glaciers and an immense forest of trees whose leaves are living flames, sits a four-sided crystal mountain surrounded by rainbows. Two lakes lie to the west and another to the east. All are shaped like lotus blossoms and overflow with jewels of exquisite beauty. To the south of the mountains is a park centered around a square nine-tiered palace. The park is full of strange crystalline blossoms which perfume the air. Wild animals, some distinctly mythical in nature, roam freely through the grounds, living in perfect peace and harmony with one another. The palace itself is covered in gold, jewels, and other precious substances. Outside the parkland are yet more golden buildings, reflecting all the traditional architectural styles you have seen during your time in China, India, and Tibet. People of all races wander between the buildings, going about their daily business. One or two look up and spot you, waving and smiling, before returning to their own activities. Flying saucer-shaped cars flit through the sky, circling the central mountain and alighting on the roofs of buildings. Occasionally, one vanishes from you with a strange popping sound, only to reappear a moment later, slightly displaced from its previous position. The aeronauts take no notice of you whatsoever. That is what Timor and Eudora see. Okay. We landed in some sort of, like, Las Vegas version of the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> This is an image that I have that is more abstract. Shambhala. And the aeronauts. Mm -hmm. Now that's a that's a band name. <laughs> now we have a distinctly different description for Frederick and Hasina. Oh no. The land is similar, but instead of beautiful nature and creatures, it is a charnel ground of immense proportions. The glaciers are built from stacks of skeletons. Those on the lowest levels have been crushed to powder between the weight of the endless rows of dead above them. The glacier's walls weep with blood and semen. Carrion crows perch on the skeletal remains to drink their fill, and the air echoes with their caucus calls. The forest is made of bleached bone trees, their leaves like razors, and the land below is a carpet of rotting flesh and ordure. Terrifying beasts stalk the parkland around the palace, and strange creatures swim in the lakes of boiling blood. The palace consists of three tiers, the lowest of freshly decapitated heads, their skin and flesh still attached, eyes staring sightlessly at you, the middle of decaying heads, eyeless and stinking, and the uppermost of dry skulls stripped of all their flesh, a gigantic, grisly mirror of the three heads atop Tenzin's Katvanga. The doors and roofs of the palace, and of every other building you see, appear to be made of skin, which you instinctively know to be human in origin. 
The city's inhabitants appear fierce and warlike, garbed in bone armor and carrying terrifying swords of flame. They acknowledge your presence with shrieking howls. Both of you can roll sanity. No, actually, Frederick isn't about. Of ukulele. Hasina, time for your bout. Roll okay. sanity. If I lose one more, I am going to be in a bout. Well, you will. <laughs> well, yep. Yeah, well, definitely, because I just rolled a 95, so yes. All right. 1d8 for you, please. Oh, okay. Full house. Seven. All right. Is that indefinite anyway? Uh, it is, yes. Okay. Roll me 2d10, please. Okay. And I have rolled a nine and an eight. All right. We have a phobia for you. All righty. Uh, roll me a d100 for inspiration, but I might improvise okay. because you've seen a lot. There's a lot to work with here. Uh, that's 81. Necrophobia. Wow. Fear of dead okay. things. Oh dear. Well, you have two right opposite place. phobias. <laughs> two opposite conditions. You both fear and desire to eat them. Okay. That kind of makes <laughs> sense because it's like, I'm afraid of them. They've got to be They've got to go away, so I'm going to eat them <laughs> to get rid of them. So, uh, yeah, um, you're terrified by anything dead or dead-like. Wow. Yeah. This place reminds me of what the Dakinese Grove really was like with the rotting flesh on the floor and the mm. razor-sharp leaves. I think we're in, like, the Dakinese homeworld, almost. Uh, has seen it, yeah. Have you seen my ukulele? I don't know where I put it. <laughs> Maybe it's under this flesh leaf. <laughs> nope, not there. All of you are drawn inexorably toward the parkland in front of the palace, where three figures wait to greet you. Eudora and Timor hears what you see. You see three beautiful, powerfully built, graceful and slightly leonine-looking individuals sexless and completely naked, with milk-white skin, blood-red lips, and turquoise-green hair and eyes. The voices are beautiful and entrancing, almost like music. Hasina and Frederick. You see three massive leonine creatures with glistening white fur, turquoise-green manes and tails, huge fangs dripping with blood, and razor-sharp claws. The voices are like rumbling growls, full of menace. Uh, if if you like, you can roll Buddhism or occult. Have at it. Might as well try with the occult. No way out. Forty-six against five. Fail. Well, Hasina is trying to draw back from the, the the skulls and the bones everywhere, and is breathing hard and is trying to keep control of herself her heart is racing but she's trying to go forward and uh, find out what these beings are the smallest of the trio steps forward I'm going to use a neutral voice but imagine the one you would be listening to <laughs> welcome to the northern city of peace misguided servants of the king of fear be seated then explain yourselves for you have done great harm. This is the city of peace? They stare at you and wait for you to explain yourselves, not answering any questions. 
Well, you see, I was trekking through the wilderness and these strange folk took me from my, uh, my journey and then next thing I know we were dismembering this man and I lost my ukulele. Have you seen it anywhere? They look at the rest of you. I, I'm sorry. I, I have no idea how I came to be here. I, I, I thought I was, I was getting my chance at, uh, academic recognition. I'd been called to a lecture and I thought, I thought the director had noticed me finally. And then I was here. I know Dr. Lockhart, of course, but I'm sorry I don't, I don't know anybody else. Eudora has been opening and shutting her mouth uh, silently as tears stream down her cheeks um, and as Timur uh, says her name and says that he only knows her as she is overcome by racking sobs um, I think it's going to be a lot of crying before she's able to say very much they look at you Eudora um, you're quite unwell on a physical way as well uh, one of them comes forward and says you appear injured here they, they offer you what appears to be milk as she ignores it eyes cast down um, hands pouring at her face she keeps sobbing Dr. Lockhart please the rest of you can have the milk as well it is snow lion milk it cures all ills all ills? Mm-hmm. will I remember how I got here? I believe so then I will drink. Oh. <laughs> uh, Eudora's gonna try and bat, bat it out of your hand. Sorry. <laughs> this isn't just to be a jackass, but um, in her mind, the worst thing that could ever possibly happen has just happened, and you've forgotten it for a blissful moment, and uh, she can't bear the thought of you having to remember all the terrible things we've just done. Oh. Do you want to roll brawl? Yeah, but if I may, I'm going to roll it at, at a penalty. Yeah, sure. Because I don't think Eudora is. She's A, very injured. <laughs> she's got a major wound. And B, I don't think she's in full possession of her faculties. But she is going to weakly pour at this bowl and try and stop Timor drinking it. it will Timor try to resist this? Um, I guess he's he's been given a cure to his confusion. Yeah, I think Timor will be like, Dr. Lockhart, I, I don't understand. And I'll try and pull it away from her, yeah. I, I got a standard success. Uh, that's a fail. 36 okay. twice. Uh, Timor, you manage to evade um, and you drink the milk. Um, how are your hit points? Uh, there, I've lost one. <laughs> you regain your one hit point and 1d6 sanity. And also your bout is completely healed and also your indefinite insanity is completely healed. Wow. Well, I regained four san. And your memories all come back. Enjoy. Oh. But I suppose I regain the magic points, do I? doesn't say anything about magic points. Uh, okay. Uh, but they will be recovering one an hour, you know. Sure. Oh, no. They offer the same to everyone else. I'll drink. Yeah, Hasin is going to accept the milk as well, and um, she's going to just hold it for a while as she tries to think of what to say to these beings. And she's going to say that when my friends found me, I was insane. I was... I was the monster that I believed myself to be. I'd been murdered 
dumped in a shallow grave, I clawed my way out and I ate corpses, because that's what I believed myself to be, a pisatcha. But my friends helped to heal me, and I did what I thought was best. I believed in Tenzin, but then I started to doubt him, and I am sorry for everything I did. I killed him because I believed that's what we needed to do, although the voice... I heard Tenzin's voice, and I knew it wasn't him. He sounded so cold, and I remember how comforting he was when I first joined this group. And he told me of our quest, and how we had to save the world from the King of Fear. But I should have fought harder. I should have refused to cut up his body. I shouldn't have let them eat him. They listened calmly and dispassionately. And finally, when she's run out of words, she just drinks down the milk in one go. Uh, please regain 1d10 hit points if you need any. or And 1d6 sanity and uh, recover from any bouts or temporary or indefinite insanity. And that applies to anyone who drinks it. I just rolled a six. Nice. Frederick also. I will regain 1d6. I rolled one. <laughs> but uh, you are done with your indefinite, so that's nice. That's that's very nice. Yeah. No more ukulele song. He's still going to be upset about it, though. Really care about the ukulele. <laughs> 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 Never mind. Senju will also drink the milk, so feel free to regain her 1d6 sanity and 1d10 hit points. Finally, a food stuff where she doesn't have to roll to find out if she chokes. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious lion milk. So does do they ask Timor to explain himself when he understands where he is and what happened? They've asked once and they're looking. Um, you can take an opportunity to explain yourself if you like. I, th I mean, I think he'll try. Um, I think essentially he will say, I am I'm not a good man. I've done many things that I am not proud of in my time, but I did them because I believed that I was paving the way for a better world. And this seemed like the ultimate expression of that in some ways. But I was led astray. I have made another mistake, and I have not even helped anyone. I have hurt this child. I have hurt my friends. I have hurt myself. There is nothing for me to explain. You can see that I have done wrong. And you may make whatever judgment you choose. I see. The fundamental problem remains. The gates have been opened. All of you now have a choice. Return to the world to put right what you have done. Or face justice for your actions here in Shambhala. Can we fix this? We believe so. There is a fresh outburst of sobbing. Think. Is someone going to give us some milk or something? <laughs> <laughs> I think at the time that that Yodora realized that Timur was regaining his memories, she would have um, just grabbed him in a hug and started crying into, well, she's quite a bit shorter than him, so I guess into his chest, um, and just kind of drooping <laughs> slightly further down, like with each fresh revelation. Uh, she's just a... Uh, yeah, a hunched wreck, and as they say that we might be able to go back and fix it, she's gonna detach and take a steadying breath, and... <laughs> I don't 
sorry. I don't deserve to. That, that young man waited an age of the world to do what was right. And I snapped his guts in my hands. I can't go back. I think Timor might sort of grab you by the shoulders and give you that sort of slightly firm semi-shake and say, I don't think you have any choice, Eudora. This is our fault, and we set it right. How can, how can you say that? Yes, it's our fault. Look what we've done. We don't, we don't understand any of this. We never did. What's going to happen if we go back? Who can we trust? Where even are the others? Where's Shen Chu? It's all been... Oh, we're all together. Ah, hmm. oh, damn, I take that back. Yeah, we're, we're all you're all together, you're just perceiving the same world differently. Oh, okay, I thought we'd been separated. Alright, fine. Well I'll take that small horror off the list. <laughs> um But yeah, Eudora's adamant in this moment that um she's not fit for fixing anything. You say you do not know who you can trust. And so I tell you now that you can trust me. But you could not before this day. There is a reason that I have been working at the university, and there is a reason I have been working in your classes. Because of who you are married to, and because of who... who gives me my orders. But none of that matters anymore. What are you saying? I am not a janitor. I... I don't... I don't understand. I think you do, Eudora. Who I'm married to? But you never showed any interest in Charles. I don't... Who gives you your orders? Timur will say, I have been getting closer and closer to you. You are not... You are not the most subtle of people, Eudora. You say things without thinking through who might be hearing them. You let things slip. And I have gathered every single one of those little... <sighs> confidential moments. They've all been written down and catalogued and sent by wire to Russia. Why? Because that is my job. Or it was. But it has not been for some months now. I thought we were friends. Well, you don't have to believe me, but I believe that we are. Now, we have been through things and we have seen things, and I, I have seen another way to serve the people who need it. You lied to me for years? Yes, but I am not lying to you now. <sighs> we go back, and we fix this, and if you never wish to see me or speak to me again, and that is your right. But I tell you this as your friend. We have to go back. And we have to trust each other. Eudora's gonna turn away and uh, kneel in front of Shenshu and pull her in for a hug and whisper to her, I'm so sorry. I had no idea 
the wickedness of this world we were pulling you into. I'm so sorry. Shenchu is is quite stiff in your arms still. She looks down and she says, "It's okay. Just, just drink the milk. It will make you feel better." <laughs> You're right, child. Um, long last, Eudora will drink the milk, and uh, I guess regain quite a bit of health. And some sanity. How much sanity? 1 to 10 health, 1 to 6 sanity. Recover from your major wound and from your indefinite insanity. Alright. Thank you guys for persuading my crazy character <laughs> to do the best thing for her. You say to uh, trust you, but you've just admitted to lying to this person for however long you've been traveling together. Honestly, I don't have the... <laughs> I could not trust any of you ever after what's happened. Pulled from the jungle. Straight into some... <laughs> something. And now the world has ended. If it wasn't for that damn contract, I wouldn't be helping you at all. And you wish to leave the world ended and your contract unfulfilled? God damn it. I'll see this through to the end. The world returned. I know what it is to die and live again. But please give me the chance to live again truly and put right all my mistakes. And she doesn't mention him, but she does think about Sofian and how he would not be seeing this terrible city of bones and rotting flesh and thinking she probably didn't deserve him if they had ever got together. Will you put right what you have done? Yes. Yes. I guess I'm into. Yes. To send you as well. And with that, they give you a piece of yellow paper which is a handout that I forgot to mention. Whoever screams first gets to read it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> please always someone. scream like that, no matter who your character is. <laughs> no, please someone else replace that with the ukulele twang yeah. in the editing process. <laughs> <laughs> someone else, please read it. Oh, but you, you scream so no, well. Come on. Oh. Do you want me to read it as <laughs> Fred? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> when the holy ones who brought the divine knowledge <laughs> to the lands of the snows first honed their understanding. Where the holy ones who brought the divine knowledge to the land of snows first honed their understanding, seek out the jars that hold the key to locking what should never have been unlocked by mortal hands. From there, travel to the Emperor's gateway to the Narakas, built before he found enlightenment. Within are the implements to aid you in your quest, that which, when held in the right hand, represents skillful means, along with that which, when held in the left hand, represents wisdom. Together, the sound of emptiness, the Lord of Stones indestructible drop, and the words of the precious master form a powerful tool against the King of Fear. Wield them in the place that shares its name with where the great guru was born but not born, 
a mirror reflecting that which is lost, and that which can no longer be approached, wherein lies the heart of the world, and hope that it is not too late to seal the gates of Agatha. Before you have the chance to mull over the message's contents, there is a blinding flash of light, and you find yourselves not in the strange and earthly city, but in the middle of a tent, full of tables, each covered in trays, containing fragments of pottery and odd-shaped lumps of earth. Feel free to roll archaeology. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> go for it, Eudora. leaps to her feet. Time. Go, Eudora! Go, Eudora! Oh, this is a great comfort. No! No! <laughs> Push the roll! Push the roll! Oh, spend all That's the an luck. 89, I'm absolutely pushing it. Uh, what are you doing to push it? You're just going to start grabbing stuff and shifting things about? I think so. I'm going to oh, get right boy. in there, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry, guys. I have really good odds at this, though. Whoa, okay. Ten. You realize you're in a fines tent and therefore must be on a dig site somewhere. Well done. That's an extreme success if that gets me anything else. Can I tell what kind of pottery this is? I lick it. Absolutely not. Okay. We're at a dig site. This is a finds tent. An Indian man holding what looks like a tray of freshly excavated materials stares at you in amazement before dropping the tray and rushing off, shouting in alarm. A young white man, who appears to be carefully cataloging the finds in the tent, looks equally bemused. I say, where on earth did you just spring from? Everyone lose one sanity and five magic points. <laughs> oh, you are joking. I die. No, you, you healed there. I healed by two points. <laughs> and I have no magic. Oh my god, you did. It's okay, you've been there. The time, time, time there works differently than it works down here. Is that a fact? You've been there for, for a while. Did so we regain some magic? You can regain all your magic points. Okay. Everyone regain all your magic points. <laughs> that would have been unfortunate. That would have been so funny. <laughs> right there. <laughs> that's kind of Eudora's paradise, I guess. Um, and that's the end of this chapter. Development phase. Oh my god. Whoa. Oh. Wow. Oh my god. What wow. in the hell... Oh, mind blown. This is great. Everyone lose <laughs> 1d8 oh. sanity points for opening the gates of Agatha. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone gain 1d6 points for killing Amigo. Everything's <laughs> no, okay. I've lost oh, four. snap! I lost one and gained five. <laughs> lost four, gained two. Lost six, gained four. So all up. Just lose two. Shenju does not care about ending the world. She only rolled the two. <laughs> to be fair, she only got two back as well. So Shenju is ex entirely neutral on this. <laughs> uh, uh, make sure you remove one point from your sanity limit of any uh, use to the awfulness of monsters you have noted down, if you're diligent in any way. Uh, and that that should. And also, we're rolling improvement checks for anything you've ticked. So, what did people improve? Frederick. Frederick improved his rifle slash shotgun to 46, and he improved his Tibetan to 51. Oh, nice. Very nice. Timor and Sanchu. 
uh, sadly, Timur and Shen Chu had only ticked skills they were already very good at, and so had not improved anything. Aw. Hasina? Hasina has improved her natural world to 47 after having spent time with Tenzin, picking herbs and other plants need for the ritual, and also after fighting the bear that killed Sophian, she's improved her knife up to 31 and her listen has not improved at all. Eudora. Uh, Eudora got an extra four points in Brawl, so she's no longer on base. Um, Ten points in Spot Hidden, bringing her up to 76, I think, which is ridiculous. Um, But even more excitingly, she now has a whopping 25 in Psychology, so having started on 10, I'd say her people skills are really coming along. Amazing. Is she learning to no longer say national state secrets in front of Timur? <laughs> She's going to be a little bit more careful, I think. A smidge. She's definitely going to be giving him the side eye for a while. At the beginning of campa- the campaign, Eudora was all like, Love, what is this, love? And, <laughs> and now she, you know, understands human emotions and everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She has a soul, after all. <laughs> Who knew? She might be a ways off of uh, tact still, but, you know... <laughs> She's trying. Yeah. Yeah. Just pause for a minute and realise that although Timor just pulled the biggest, you know, long con ever, well, not as long as the King of Fears long con, (laughs) he ended up in heaven. Yeah, how did that happen? I can't wait for Beyond the Madness. I want that full breakdown. Absolutely. Full accounting of karmic death. I didn't know what Eudora did to deserve to be in heaven. (laughs) You guys are stuck in the bad place. Like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. And what's worse, was Hasina going to have to spend eternity in hell with Frederick? Right? That's oh, not sure that <laughs> is. I mean, I know she's eaten some corpses, but really? Don't worry, Hasina now I can cheer you up that. with another stunking song on my ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we? Yes. yes. Sorry, I didn't hear you come in just now. Uh, who are you and uh, how may I be of assistance? Says a dark-haired and remarkable-looking but moderately tanned young man. Uh, Eudora, who has already leapt up and started rummaging in the pottery, grabs him by the shoulders <laughs> and stares intently at his notes in case she can read uh, where they are. Uh, my name's Dr. Lockhart, University of Peking. Where are we? Please let go of me. Uh, she will, but she grabs his book. This is fine. Please let go and calm yourself. Otherwise, I will call for reinforcements and uh, you will be asked to leave. I am flicking through this book, though. So he get... hasn't let it go. He tried to grab his book. He held it back. And oh, and he's not Yeah, he, he's like, please let go. All right. I, I want to roll for it, but also I want to not murder Hobo <laughs> this nearly started campaign. What so. does everyone else do? My uh, good friend, tell me, what is the date? Um, he comes down a bit seeing a polite person in the group. He says, um, 27th of March, 1924. Why, why do you ask? Um, oh, uh, how impolite of me. The young man stands and holds his right hand out across the pile of trays and notebooks on his desk. Uh, Daniel Mortimer, partner circle. I wasn't expecting any visitors. Very odd. Uh, pleased to make your acquaintance, though. Uh, fancy a cup of tea? I'm parched. Thirsty work cataloguing. Frederick Kingsley Ward. Please just call me Mr. Ward. Uh, pleasure, I'm sure. Uh, tea would be fine. Thank you. 
Hmm, and uh, uh, your um, companion here seems to need some calming down, so uh, perhaps uh, uh, please do have a seat, uh, seat Mrs. Uh... Dr. Lockhart, but a cup of tea sounds divine. Very, very well. He wanders over to the tent flaps and yells out for refreshments. Um, a newspaper on one of the tables confirms the date. 27th of March, 1924. It seems like you've been returned into the world moments after you completed the ritual at the Valley of the White Ape. For those of you who had a pleasant view of Shambhala, it feels like you've been away for at least a few restful days. Those of you who had negative experience, it feels like you've spent hundreds of years in abject misery. Wow. Oh God. <laughs> and that's just because of the Fair ukulele. Enough. Hasina and Frederick are well acquainted now then. <laughs> Sadly. Um, looking around the tent, most of the archaeological finds seem to fall into one of two categories. Broken earthenware pots and jars and small pieces of statuary. Can I get a spot hidden, a hard spot hidden, and or any of archaeology, relevant and art and craft, history or Buddhism? Heck yes. Fail on the spot hidden. Oh, Tamil got a hard spot hidden. Oh, God. Shen didn't. I also get a hard spot hidden. Okay, with My a hard spot. Theology is 77, I just rolled 78. Oh, no. I'm going to leave it. Ordinary <laughs> person. No idea. Oh, I forgot to do like improvements. Did you improve likes on your improvement phase? Mm -mm. We didn't. We did not. No. no. Important. Yes. Increase luck by two. It's still miserably low, but worse, not as bad as it was. Who's the group luck at the moment? I've seen it. I'm 27. Ah, ouch. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With a hard spot hidden, you see a tray containing a set of dice, two white and one black. Apparently, similar dice were carried by Tenzin in your adventures. Did we get any success in any of archaeology, history of Buddhism, or art and craft relevant? I got an ordinary history pass. I guess that's not enough. Would history of art count? Yeah. Uh, in that case, yes, Timur has gotten a quite a good success, I think. Uh, that is, yeah, that's just a hard. The statues appear to belong to the Nalanda School of Art, dating from around the 8th to 10th centuries CE. He appears a few minutes later in the company of a Chaiwala, uh, which you know is an Indian tea maker. My head canon for why Eudora had not a clue of what was going on here archaeologically uh, was that she's just been sitting on a stool with her eyes shut, picturing a proper cuppa. These dice, what are they? These dice, did you say? Uh, well, um, we have done some research on them and they, they could potentially be um, a fortune-telling tool of... Um, Tibetan monks. Interesting. Do you have anybody here who knows how to read them? Oh, I'm, af I'm afraid not. Uh, this is uh, a scholarly place. We we don't uh, <laughs> we don't perform any magic. Yes. How oh, that would be. Uh, so what brings you here? Tell us where is here. Um. The man looks very confused and suspicious at your question. You uh, don't know where you are. 
We've been traveling for some time. Why are you uh, here specifically? What what do you want? It would be great for a start. Where is that fellow? Do bring him back and... (laughs) (laughs) More tea? (laughs) Never enough tea. We've come from Tibet. Tibet? Fascinating. Far way away, isn't it? <laughs> Approximately how many kilometers away, would you it? say it is? Or not. Tell <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. us <laughs> how far away it is. The newspaper was an Indian, and the other man was Indian. And the Waller is an Indian tea maker, right? Yeah. Okay. It's a shame Paul Sofian isn't with us. Are we, am I the only Hindustani speaker in the group now? Yep. Yep, okay. Um, might be a good idea to speak to the Chaiwala then. Instead, he might be a bit more helpful. I don't think um, he'd be happy talking to you in front of the the white boss. He would nod and smile, but wouldn't have a conversation. Well, after we've had the conversation with the boss, I think we'll see how that goes. And, and if it, there's no joy, then Hasina will follow the Chaiwala out and try and talk to him. But we'll see how this goes first. We uh, have gotten lost. Our bearings have been uh, confused on our travels. We had a caravan, but they have uh, been mislaid. Please, it would be most helpful if you could tell us exactly where we are. And how far we are from the nearest settlement. So, uh, you, uh, you truly don't work here? In this dig site? Yes. No, we don't. Um, Bihap, please go and fetch some help. He says to the Indian man. Now. I think you might want to wait before you do that. Timor will say, and I'll reach into my jacket. Is my gun there? Roll me luck. Oh, damn you. Guys, we left our guns outside the ritual triangle. No, not the mouth. You weren't holding them. Anything you weren't holding wouldn't be with you. Oh, Purdy. the Mauser was, uh, the was, was with me. Yeah, the Mauser was with you. That's a 19 versus 34. Yeah, you're fine. So I will. Yeah, you are. You only have what you were physically holding at the time. Yeah, I'll put my hand into the inside pocket of my jacket where the Mauser lives, making it quite clear what I'm in- intimating. Because if the Mauser wasn't there, I'd still do it anyway. Um, Please leave. Uh, you you're clearly unauthorized here. And uh, uh. my friend, there is no need for any unpleasantness if you just answer the question. Where are we, and how far are we from the nearest settlement? And would you like me to roll Intimidate? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that is a 49 versus 73. Uh, he kind of looks outside the tent where the Indian man has gone. He says, um... Ooh, you're, you're at the, the, the dig site at Mahavihara. I, we're just we're just at the archaeological dig site here. Uh, the, we are uh, not too far away from a, a partner. Um, 
I, I don't know. I'm new. Please, please don't hurt me. I have no intention of hurting you. If I said to you that we were looking for the land of snows, would that mean anything to you and the people on this dig? It uh, means something to me, my friend. Does it? <laughs> I'm a geographer, don't you know? I thought you Botanist. liked... I thought you liked flowers. Geographer. Photographer. Ukulele. Man. <laughs> I am a ukulele. <laughs> ukulele. <laughs> He's a true renaissance man, isn't he? Pedro, since I have 40 points in geography and I've been in the land of snows, like I spent a significant period of my life in the land of snows, can I I think just... you probably know it's Tibet. It's just Tibet. Yeah. So we, so the, okay, so we think we need to get back to Tibet, basically. <laughs> okay, fine. All right. In which case I will say, then that is fine. We will leave and there will be no trouble. Uh, can I get trouble. a spot hidden, please? Spot hidden, say you. Um, spot hidden. Uh, no, Timor's too busy being intimidating. Uh, but Shen just rolled a two, so. <laughs> oh, I thought. Oh, no. <laughs> You're just thinking about the land of the snow. Oh, fantastic. I don't know how to punish you for fumbling spot hidden. <laughs> Your eyes fall out. <laughs> Pour tea into them. <laughs> ah, it burns! Uh, you're just. My eyes. <laughs> you hear a noise and you try to look around and you trip and fall. <laughs> Did anyone else pass? And that's a 74, which is under 76. Shen got a two. You see uh, around half a dozen burly Indian laborers um, coming towards the tent, following the Indian men that run off. Perhaps we should leave. I agree. Eudora's grasping at uh, where the straps would have been that would have held uh, Purdy and the Lee Enfield rifle across her back. Sadly disappeared. Just a quick question. Mechanically, does anything bad happen if you lose your treasure possession and that happens to be your key connection? Just hypothetically. <laughs> uh, it Asking sounds like you lost your key, <laughs> key connection. Okay, so that... Doesn't come with a sanity here or anything, I just don't have a key connection now. If you crit a sanity, you get a new one. <laughs> okay. uh, and if you do a development phase where you try to create a new one, you create a new one. Noted. Okay, I just realised I in fact lost it back when I lost my heavily thumbed copy of The Travels of Marco Polo when uh, uh, yeah. a caravan went bye-bye. And now I've lost Purdy as well, I've lost almost all my connections oh, with my former life so it's just me in this locket with a picture of Charles in against the world oh. don't spill soup on it <laughs> that's good advice we get back to Peking and Charles has been killed in a tragic soup accident oh my yeah. god <laughs> <laughs> so I think yeah fine. we'll gather ourselves up and we'll start leaving right mm -hmm. yeah I think you that's don't want best any trouble. you exit the tent uh, you find yourselves in a bustling archaeological dig site the north and south are occupied by scenes of intense activity, not just digging crews, but teams also working on repairing some of the more precarious-looking gigantic brick walls that make up large parts of the ruins. This is not a small dig site. Uh. What do we think they're looking for? They look like they're restoring those ruins. Why is it that we were dropped here? Surely this is no coincidence. But we are not near Tibet, which is where you think we must go, yes? Yes. 
We're months travel away. I feel like we need to get away from like the heavy crew that is pursuing yes. us. Can we yeah. just like pull a little scurry away and then duck behind something? <laughs> Maneuver. As you move around, tree. please roll me a uh, spot hidden. Yes. Uh, no success. No way out. Shen passes again, but Timor fails again. Did did Shen you only pass? Uh, hang on a minute. Did no one else No, pass? she got she got a hard pass. Hasina failed. Okay. Uh, you detect a hot wind is starting to blow in from the northeast, and that the clouds on the horizon seem to be filling more and more of the sky. I can uh, at this point. If you've noticed that, you can give me either a meteorology what? or a hard natural world. Oh, please. Shen has not passed that. <laughs> no, that's an 88. I would have needed, what, a five? Can't believe you don't have meteorology. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, what did I put my points in? Ridiculous. Um, you see others around the area uh, looking a bit agitated and running and hiding inside tents. That does not look good. They're not running from us, are they? What's going on? No, look at the clouds. Uh, do you feel that wind? Something's coming. Storm coming. What, like some rain? What? You can feel the wind picking up and with it the rapidly increasing temperature. Well, I would suggest we do not shelter in that tent. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's find another one where, where there's lots of confused people and, and we won't be noticed so much. Yes, and where the people we talk to are much less strange and uh, questioning about uh, who we are and where we're from. <laughs> yeah. Maybe stop asking people where you are. <laughs> it's perfectly normal question to us. What is the date? Where are we? He was the strange one. I'm not a time traveler. Tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. We should probably look for the most solid tent as well, if this is some kind of storm or... You Not don't sure. have enough time. No. no, okay. You have to run to your closest tent. Okay. Oh, don't make us go back with him. You all believe Just... in magic now, don't you? Uh, given what's happened. Uh... We don't have that strange man to guide us anymore. The prophecies we were given were by those who sought to uh, deceive us. Do we not need a new prophetic device? The dice. Ah, oh, you think we should try and take them? That is why we were put here, I believe. That makes sense. Are you having this chat outside? Yes, definitely. Okay, As everyone we roll in. extreme constitution. God damn. Oh my if, God. if it's literally sweeping in, we're not just going to stand there and be <laughs> killed to well, death. You're by having like a chill conversation about stealing the dice, As either in front of everyone. <laughs> Well, well, I'll, I'll whisper it if that's the case. So Whatever, we're not going to put ourselves in danger to whisper. Um, you Quick, everybody, to... stay in the storm of, stay in the Sharknado while we discuss what we're going to do. Okay, are you entering the tent where the dice are and also the six burly Indian dudes, or are you entering a different tent where there are no dice and no burly Indian dudes? Different tent, I think. Different yeah, a different tent, tent yeah. if we can get it. Sneak if we can't, into the dice then... tent later. Yeah. Okay. Um, you manage to last minute uh, get in a tent. Everyone roll constitution as the temperature increases really suddenly and really intensely. Oh my god. 84. Fail. That was a hard. A fail causes you 1d4 damage. 
Okay, oh, no. Shen's uh, just ooh. lost D4 damage. Power to the people. Back once again with the Renegade Master. <laughs> Three points. Same. I'm now down from five to two. <laughs> Oof. You can take some time to first aid each other by cooling each other down if you is like. Is half your hit points uh, a major wound? Yes. Yeah. Is it half because your current hit points or half well, your max? It, it half doesn't your matter max. because two is half of Shen's hit points. No, Shen Chu! No, she's Shen not Chu. feeling very well. She gets a major wound from... Uh, you feel your heads get hot and heavy. You're certain that you're getting hit strokes. You get you all get a penalty die until the hit points you lost are regained. Okay. Yeah. Who else? Who else got it? I as well. I was a hard pass. I uh, I'm getting the heat stroke. Okay. So who else is in the tent we've ducked into? Do we have it to ourselves, or are there other confused and scared people? Or there are a few confused people that you haven't seen before, and there's also this. Surprisingly calm and wise-looking older man wearing traditional loincloth and long-sleeved shirt um, which matches his thick thatch of white hair. He's looking outside, saying, Strange. The Lou winds usually blow from the west. Mm. This happens here often, then. Ah. Uh, not uh, this time of the year. Normally, the Lu winds come in the summer. You, poor friends, seem to have the Lu Yagna. What is a Lu Yagna? I believe it translates in English to feeling the hot wind. Heat stroke? I don't feel too good. He's not. He's not wrong. Yes, please, if if you can help, my friends, please do so. The child is unwell. What is the best thing for us to do? Some water, perhaps? Uh, let let me try and help. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he did not pass. Oh, no. Oh. Let me try and help. He pokes everybody in the eyes really hard. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I was looking at the wrong person. Is this like... Tenzin's older brother, and he's uh, <laughs> also oh, he even have been manipulated by the King of Fear. My name is Zentin. <laughs> Zentin Salkang. <laughs> I'm afraid uh, I don't have knowledge of healing, but perhaps we could cool everyone down. Uh, let's see. Uh, I wish there was running water in the tents. Well, if it is just a matter of cooling people down, I I have done some first aid in my time as a soldier. I could have a go. Please. That is a 22. That's a hard success on first aid. On Shen. Well, it's going to be Shen, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. can regain one hit point. That puts her on a massive three. But she no longer has a major wound. Yeah, because she's back. <laughs> back About half health. health, yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically, all it's going to take is a strong wind and Shen will immediately die. <laughs> as soon as I think Shen is out of immediate danger, then I'll... In order, I will go Eudora, then Frederick, I would think. And Hesina, you're fine, right? Yep, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah Eudora, then Frederick. So. You have uh, five turns, so that's five rolls total. 
So, oh, okay. Well, I think that might be an extreme on you, Dora. Uh, that's an eight oh. versus 55. Yes, it is. That's an extreme by three points. We gain one hit point. Thank you, old friend. I'm sorry for what I said before. <laughs> oh my god, I just rolled an eight again. That's bizarre. Oh, okay, and an extreme on Frederick as well. Thank you. You don't need to be sorry for anything, Eudora. I am the one who should be sorry. Now, please, rest. Try and stay calm and cool. Do not overheat again. Yes, I think I might lie here a while. That is a good idea. A bit more time passes, and suddenly the excruciatingly hot wind disappears as quickly as it came and is replaced with driving rain. Can I get another 1d6 plus 1? I'll roll this one. I've got a d6 here. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. That's 7. No. <laughs> uh, we must wait uh, for the rain to pass, but uh, that should help cool us down. I assume it's quite loud. Maybe I can yeah. bring everyone together now and try and whisper in their ears about the dice. Super yeah, suspiciously huddled. <laughs> oh, he's right we'll, there. Do, we'll just keep casting glances over our shoulders at everybody else. Like, hmm, don't let them over here. We're in a huddle. <laughs> so, so suspicious. There's got to be rain pattering off the canvas, though, right? Talking low voices. Yeah, we don't have to, like, literally conspiratorially no. huddle, do we? Yeah, we're kind of just pretending that we're all clustered around Shen Chu, like, Fanning her and yeah. stuff and loosening yeah, I'm, her. I'm, I'm tending to three of these people as semi patients. So. Yeah. Yep. Anyone fare their chances of snatching a pair of dice during this rain? I um, I did some, I guess you might call them commando missions during the war. But uh, from what I have seen, and I do not wish to ask anything of her, but Shen Chu is. Better at going unseen than I am. For a start, she is not six foot three. <laughs> Do we need to steal these particular dice? I mean, if these are well known as a fortune telling tool. But these were venerable ones, and we landed here. Yeah. In front of them. Yes, we met the resistance, I think. Yes. I think Frederick is onto something. You may be right. Which is most confusing. <laughs> you may be right. Well then, young Sprog, what do you say? You want to go fetch us some dice? Then Shu has just recovered from a major wound. She's she lying unwell. down. Oh, I know. <laughs> How would you say risking your life for uh, <laughs> three dice? <laughs> Frederick, I know. I don't care. <laughs> It depends on how urgently we need them. If we want them soon, then I can try. I am not unskilled in this area. Well, I mean, we did just open a gate to Agatha. I would say that it is rather important and time is of the essence. We need to get back to Tibet. Eudora, what normally happens to archaeological finds? Are they normally kept on the premises as soon as they are catalogued or...? Are they sent to museums? Perhaps we could intercept them. You are a respected archaeologist, are you not? <laughs> sure am. And as such, I know all about these things. <laughs> you'd know the process, right? You, you'd know kind of, oh, maybe I can take them to my friend Professor Blah Blah in the Great Museum of Blah Blah. You know, That's that sort true. of thing. 
No, yeah, I just as a player speculating, I imagine that they keep them on site for a period, do a bunch yeah. of cataloging and stuff, and then have regular like deliveries or whatever, depending mm. on how distant they are from the local town. Or do they like keep them all in there until the whole dig is finished? I don't know. It must depend on the size of the dig, because I don't know, mm. like here, the ruins are huge and there's not that many tents, which means that their finds tent is going to fill up at some point. Yeah. So I'd imagine they're sending shipments, but I think our main problem is the guy who looks after the finds knows what we looks what we look like and doesn't like us. And just mm. like that, the rain stops. <laughs> well, Eudora says weakly from the ground that I don't think we're going to have much of a chance to sneak into that tent just now. But these people are going to have to sleep at some point. I'll glance out of the tent. Do I have any idea what sort of time of day it is? I mean, I know it's going to be difficult with the clouds and stuff, but... When you glance out from the tent, you see that everything along the side has been scorched. Trees, plants, all vegetation and anything it's sheltered are disintegrated and nothing more than mud in the rain. All but one mango tree that is somehow unblemished and still standing. It catches your eye instantly. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> and that's where we're going to end. Oh my <laughs> god. I think we need to forge new dice from the mangoes. <laughs> we'll trade the mango for the dice. That brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone. Brayden, Noxicals, Hal, Lydia, and of course, our amazing co-editor, Jason. You've all been the best. And a big massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. Your listens, comments and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, please consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash stars right, where you get access to episodes a week early. What's that? We have a new patron on board? That's right. Thank you so much for your support, James Hart. May the omens be ever in your favor. We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our Cold Elder and Avatar tier patrons. They get access to behind-the-scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links, on our website at starsareright.com. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, I'd like to urge our lovely fans to leave us a review and let us know what you think. Reviews help us reach more people and give us that extra boost of enthusiasm to keep doing what we love. You can find all the places you can review us at starsareight.com forward slash reviews. Thank you. <laughs>